saying so many men are against using toys because they fear it takes if, away from their masculinity and it doesn't, it adds to it. it if you're it. a man who's scared of using toys on a woman, she's like, I'm going to come and find you. <laughs> hey girl, you trying to hit this? Oh, you know exactly what I need. Welcome to two girls, one blunt fuckers. Should I take a Emily a rip? Who would have yeah. thunk that cheers. that I'm cheers. not the cheers. bad the like um cheers? Are you just drinking out of the bottle? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that should be the promo We're clip drinking, for the episode. <laughs> drinking out the bottle. Um, who would have thunk that you were the bad influence? <laughs> you know, I think there's a, a good give and take in our relationship. Yeah, everyone always thinks I'm the bad influence. And it pisses me the fuck off, honestly. <laughs> and I'm drunk and I'll say it. I had an ex-best friend and she told everyone, she'd be like, Jamie's crazy. She's a party animal, blah, blah, And this bitch was the one who would peer pressure me and get me to drink. Also, we're going to introduce Adelia, but you can talk. <laughs> you can talk anytime. We'll introduce you after this combo, after this rant. Okay, we're bringing it with a rant. So she would tell everyone I'm the crazy friend and everyone would believe it because I just say whatever the fuck I want. We have the podcast. You understand with your podcast. Yes. <laughs> That's offensive, by the way. And so everyone believed her that she, like I was the problem, but then I went and got healthy and I have no idea what people believe now, but it clearly wasn't me. But I just remember getting that pressure socially of everyone being like, you're the crazy one. You're crazy. You're wild. You're the bad influence. And I was actually the good influence. God damn it. Just, those sons of bitches. I'm just easily peer pressured. And because I'm like comfortable with myself, people are like, I'm comfortable being myself with you, which means I can do bad things. And I'm just yep. like, yeah, Whatever. I'm not the bad influence. You know what I always say? If you ask me to do something twice, I'll probably say yes, even if I say no the first time. <laughs> you just got to peer pressure me the second time. Then I'm like, oh, I crumble to the, the pressure yeah. of wanting to do something fun with my friends. I you can't know? relate to that at all. Really? Oh, I will straight up be like, whoops, is sick if they try to peer pressure me. Because if I say no once... To me, that's a boundary. And then if they ask me a second time, then I'm just annoyed at that point. And I'll come up with any excuse not to come. I think okay. I'm not I'm not viewing it as disrespecting my boundaries usually because I... You secretly I, want it? I do want it. I have like the... <laughs> I do have that dark, crazy, party, wild side. Yeah. But most of the time, if I'm by myself or I'm just with Emily, like the chill side takes over. Like I'm normally alone. I'm normally very chill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like maybe I smoke weed and I have like a <gasps> glass of wine, but take a or, dab or two or every do, night or micro dose shrooms, but I'm not oh doing God. anything crazy. And if so, we get invited to a lot of shit. And sometimes I say yes, because it's good networking. And yeah. It's a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then I just say yes too much and I get burnt out and it's a bad uh -huh. cycle. I feel I view it more as me disrespecting my boundaries. If I allow <laughs> yeah. myself to be peer pressured, I, I'm not putting that on the person. Not that you are, you know what I'm saying? No, but yeah. I'm like, whoa, girl, what are you doing? Because <laughs> you've been going out for a month straight and you need to stop. Honestly, after the mold poisoning, it became a lot easier. I think that before the mold poisoning, it was a lot harder but then after the mold poisoning, I'm like, oh, this person only cared about me when I partied anyway. So I don't give a fuck about going to party with you. Yeah, they're yeah. just party friends. Yeah, Wait, they're just onto, party friends. Onto oh. the mold poisoning. We're going to introduce you because Adelia, this is our dear friend, Adelia. Hey. <laughs> she is <laughs> the host of the That's Offensive podcast. Oh, yeah. She's also a DJ. No, she, I'm not anymore. But oh, like you I do quit. DJ, right? You no, I quit. For fun? 
No, no, no I quit. You just got angry. Like, oh, shit. I quit gymnastics when I was 13 because my mom <laughs> wouldn't let me shave my armpits. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed. And she wouldn't let me shave my vagina either. So I was embarrassed of all my hair. And I quit the sport that I wanted to be a junior. Okay. Olympic when gymnast. I was in middle school, I got a note from my doctor saying I was allergic to chlorine because my mom didn't tell me that people shaved their bushes and my bush hung out of my bathing suit. Wait, so they tried to get, make you an excuse? Or 12, 12 or 13. They yeah, tried my, to make an excuse so you wouldn't swim? Yeah, yeah. My, my doctor wrote me a note saying I'm allergic to chlorine. I can't do swim PE. Oh, you wanted this yeah i want i was oh, like okay. why do none of these other girls have bushes turns out their moms told them that you have to shave your fucking vagina and oh, i was over God. here thinking some women were born like naked mole rats yeah and my mom I- wouldn't let me shave she wouldn't let me wear makeup she would throw shit out if i bought it with my own Same. money it was very controlling my mom did too and that's when i started stealing so then she thought what's the worst of two evils i steal or she lets me do things see you rebelled okay that's you smart. took a different route <laughs> yeah, you did. i didn't rebel bell until I was like I think I was 18 no no no, I was 17 Halloween and my mom like cornered me and got in my face and she was just drunk and wanted me to babysit my brother on Halloween even though for the last two weeks I've been telling her about my best friend's birthday party Uh oh that's so shitty yeah and it was the Halloween night I was like this night I'm going right from soccer and I'm going to her house and I have a party and I'll be back at like 11 and um, she just came home drunk and wanted to like have control. So she was yeah. like, you're going to stay home. And I was like, no. And she cornered me and I was wearing a sexy, uh, sexy teacher outfit uh-huh. and got my face and like pointed at me in my face. And I don't know what came over me. And it was the first time. Cause I always let her win. I never yeah. rebelled. I always had so much respect for my elders. And I was like, <laughs> get out of my face. And she didn't. And I round up and I fucking socked my mom in the nose. There we go. And wow. I, and okay. The, Actually, physical violence. Yeah. Well, she was abusive. She was yeah, abusive. Yeah, so yeah, at yeah, some yeah. point, you're gonna fucking fight against that. that. She was like hitting my glasses and like doing this to my face, Don't do like that. in my oh. face, like yelling. Oh, I would straight up cunt punt the bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I punched her and I got her in the ground. I just kept going, and that was the first time I stuck up for my mom. But I was a hey. pussy. I was a huge pussy. Well, it's hard then. when you're being abused. Like you're if you're being physically hit, it's much harder to fight against that a thousand percent like my mom was emotionally abusive but at Which least is still like, a beast of its own it's still like bad but it's not like i ever had a fear for my life <laughs> like i never had a fear that i was gonna like go to school with, like a black eye or anything mm. but i did have to fear like why did she put the child locks on and where we were going in the child car locks? yeah yeah she put the child locks on not tell me where we we're going we'd have like a silent 30 minute car ride and like sometimes she'd take me to a local rehab sometimes she would take me to like uh drug test centers to like have them drug test me sometimes she would take me to like to an like emergency therapy session she called the drug dogs on me she called the police to have drug dogs come scour the house they found my bong Jesus. but no weed oh wow. um, they can't get you right were you doing like a lot of bad things or were you just like a typical high schooler? I was a typical high schooler because, I mean, honestly, a lot of people from my high school did like have drug problems and stuff like that. I am probably one of the most sober people from my high school. Where did you grow up? Manhattan Beach in L.A. It's like Los okay. Angeles County. We started partying pretty young. <laughs> we started partying very young, actually. When the sun's <laughs> out, you just got to party. So I, I understand. A thousand percent. And it's like I remember when my parents sent me to rehab. They had a phone call with me saying, we know where you've been hiding all of your empty vodka bottles. And I was like you guys knew I was drinking. Like, I don't know why y'all are acting so surprised. They're like, there are so many of them. I was like, yeah, I stacked those up over the course of like two, three years. Of course, we're going to have a lot over two or three years. Where'd you hide them? 
Um, in my bathroom and cupboards that were supposed to be like for uh, jewelry, but I don't have jewelry. So I just stuck it, uh, vodka bottles in there and I could have thrown them out. But if I threw them out in our trash can then they would have known that like it was me, if I threw it out in the neighbor's trash can, some of them would like to tell on me. Oh, Damn, like, fuck those neighbors. Fuck snitches. Oh, those neighbors. I remember I used to like sneak a guy over and like if my mom was like coming home sooner than we expected, as soon as she got in the house, he would jump off our roof into the grass and kind of like <laughs> do a little somersault. And one of the neighbors was like a guy jumped off uh, her roof. I was like, mom, the this crazy crackhead. <laughs> you just gaslit her. <laughs> We're team gaslighting your parents. And then one we time are. my housekeeper told my mom like, oh, ideally I had a guy over. And I was like, yeah, I remember like my best friend, uh, trying to think of a code name here, but like my best guy friend at the time, I was like, I told you my best guy friend was coming over. And then, um, my mom psycho ass went to his Instagram, found a picture and then asked the housekeeper, was this a guy? And she was like, no, I was like, fucking a, Wait, that so- was the best excuse. I was like, my best guy friend is coming over. My mom loved him, <sighs> loved him. Like she didn't care if we had the room closed. Like she knew nothing would ever happen with between us. But even wow. if, actually, I feel like she low key hoped that we would date, but it was the little neighbor boy that I was hooking up with for like, a few years, although we never acknowledged each other in public. And the housekeeper I love ratted that. you out. She did. Um, it wasn't hot, kind of, although he was so shy. I remember we went to like my first rave ever. I went to with him and like his best friend. We didn't touch or do anything. Like the whole group didn't know. And then one of the other guys in the group kept trying to grind with me. And I was like, no, stop it. I want to like, I, I was like, I am hooking up with this guy. It's like, we would, uh, stay up later than everyone else and go fuck in the bathroom. But still no one knew. Wait, so how did oh, you hide sneaky, it? sneaky, Just like people were still sleeping. Oh, damn. Yeah, like, I mean, I told everyone and I was fully in love with him. And looking back, I was crazy back in my day, especially when I'd get like fucked up, like, you know, four or five days a week. I'd send those long paragraph text messages being like, fuck you. Can't believe you didn't respond to me. Like, <gasps> I was psycho. Holy yeah, shit. I was crazy. But I don't. Here's the thing. I wouldn't call it psycho because there's a lot of people listening who have <laughs> who been, are psycho. Yeah. Like otherwise every person on the planet psycho because yeah. especially when you're a kid and you, your emotions are so volatile, like your hormones are starting to kick in, you're hitting puberty. High school is traumatizing. Middle school is traumatizing. College can be traumatizing. Yeah. And we get these experiences and we have had no one in our lives teach us how to communicate or handle our emotions properly. I think no, our that's actually never taught us that so, shit. So we're reacting how we were programmed to react. It's our job as adults to work on that. Yeah. But you reacted the best way you could. You got triggered and you immediately reacted to that emotional response. I wouldn't call it crazy because I look back and sometimes I read text messages I have sent and I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, what that's I mean? what I'm like. Have I was crazy, ever? but now I'm working on but, it. But now so it's OK to have a psycho phase. But ha- it's OK to go through that and learn how to cope. But again, ha- when you're an adult, you do have to learn how to communicate. I think hell is hard on earth when you have guilt and shame around the things that you've done and regret that shit eats you that shit makes you question who you are and feel not worthy and i can't look back at that person who i was when i sent those like what i would consider crazy text messages i guess where it's i was just a hurt person yeah giving yourself grace is so important yeah like i forgive myself i know i I know how to do better now i don't have to hold on to that shame to know that i was crazy back then (laughs) (laughs) i can let go of that and give myself that grace and learn from it and be like wow that's the important 
part. Look how you handle shit now. Here's the thing. I wouldn't be nearly as funny as I am today if I wasn't crazy at some point in my life. And like maybe I texted a one night stand 50 times in a row because he said he wanted to date me on that one night stand and he gave me a lot of cocaine. So I thought I was in love with him. And then I would call. Cocaine and good dick. It's a crazy combo. I would call him and text him so much because like out of all my one night stands, he was the only one who like told me he wanted to date me. So I thought it was real because I'm like a one night stand wouldn't tell me he wanted to date me when I literally gave no inclination that that's what I wanted. Did he say that before or after sex? Well, actually both, both to be fair, both. And then, uh, one time he actually, he gave me his address. He took me inside. Cause like, I don't remember his address. I was always blocked out my freshman year. And then he took me inside and he's like, I'll be right back. He left to go fuck another girl. And forgot I was in his room. And I texted him the next morning being like, hey, you never came back. Like, I am still in your bed. He's like, wait, why are you at my house? And I sent him the screenshot that he sent me to, like, come over. He brought me upstairs. And then um, he, oh, I was like, can you call me an God. Uber? I'm like, I'm broke. Like, I can't afford an Uber back. And he got me an Uber back. But he went and got fucked another girl. Did he tell you that? No, but he he told me I'm at the hub, which was a, an apartment in uh, Tucson, that people fuck at. I mean, (laughs) he was fucking. Like, he's not going to just go to a guy's house at two in the morning when he invited me over. (gasps) Holy shit, And I was still obsessed with him after that. I lost my nose ring in his bed on our first fuck, and that's how we continued contact. I literally, I was so psycho, because, like, the nose ring I got, it was on, like, a Black Friday deal. It was, like, $30 or something like that. I lost the nose ring in his bed, and it was fresh. I was flipping out, being like, I cannot afford to get it repairs. Mm -hmm. I found this man on Facebook. I was like, hey, I need to find that fucking nose ring. And (laughs) we didn't find it till like, the fourth sleepover or something we had, and this man had a small dick, okay? So what were you doing, Adelia? Where were you at mentally that you were doing this? And where are you at now differently? Yeah, mentally, I was at a place where I'm like, oh my God, this guy tells me he wants to date me. And then I kept saying that he actually made no effort. And I'm like, so he was was just lying to get that pussy. And he probably knew his dick game was a little bit weak. Because here's the thing, you can have a small dick. That's like, that's totally fine. fine. You have to be great at fingering and eating out and pleasure her in other ways. He didn't do any of that, but he gave me false hope. Yeah. Small so, dick guys, you have to make up for it. Eating pussy, fingering, yeah. touching. If you're good at dirty talk. Oh my God. Yeah. to a girl's kink, making her feel like sexy toys. and loved and comfortable. There's yeah, so toys. many options. If you so have a small dick, dick, but you finger me good and I can score mm. from you fingering me, I don't give a fuck. Yep. Yeah, because you just made me come. Yep. Yeah, like thank And then you. the sex still mm. feels good because I just came and now I'm like happy I'm having this emotional, yeah. intimate, energetic exchange with you. I actually just saw an article that was like, if that you have like a different, like this size penis, this is the best position. Like there are different positions for different size penises so that it can like hit your G spot the right way. I oh. guess it also depends on if you have a curve, like length, width, etc. But it's like there's different positions for different dick sizes. Okay, so can you send me this article? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean here's the thing. Do you remember any of the dick sizes and positions? Here, let me find it. It's under my screenshots. I re- yeah. I screenshotted everything. So again, I am not a sex expert. I haven't had sex in a year and a half. I've been celibate. Wow. So this is- Round of applause wow. for idea. This is entirely... Okay, penis size positions. Why sex positions matter? When it comes to the size of the penis, it's really only relevant if it's causing some issues between you and your partner. Truth is, what seems small or large to one might... Okay, whatever. Let's go to the next article. 
on the smaller side, <laughs> let's find the good shit. <laughs> on the smaller side, try the missionary position. Contrary to thinking you need more than average, this is the perfect position. It allows for deeper penetration, and your pubis will stimulate her clitoris as you uh, rub against it. What's a pubis? The pubis uh, is like the top area above the dick. Okay. And then it says add a pillow under her hip mm. for a perfect lift and mm. missionary. Yes. Okay. That is my favorite position. And we're going we're gonna to take that a wow. little step further. So you have the pillow, missionary. But if you put the girl's legs on your shoulders and you lean forward as close as you can to her so you can kiss her in missionary with oh, her legs the intimacy. up yeah. in the pillow... I don't care how small your dick is. She is going to feel that it is going to be pressed against her G spot over and over. The G spot's not that far in. If your dick's the size of a finger, you're good. Honestly, you know, like fingering can make girls come. So a dick the size of a finger that's yeah. three inches can make someone come. My if you're worried about inches. that too, like in that position, because his belly's kind of like it, his belly can hold. Like a vibrator, if you want to choose yes. to do that. Oh, they have gloves that you can literally put yeah, on that have so vibrators. You can, you can a thousand percent do that just for like the extra. Like it literally does not matter the size of your dick. See, here's the thing: so many men are against using toys because they fear it takes if, away from their masculinity, and it doesn't. It adds to it. it if you're a man who's scared of using toys on a woman, Her eyes oh god, oh she's god, like, she's like, I'm gonna come and find you. First of all. All you care about is your ego. You don't care about the woman. You don't care about making the woman come. Mm. And all you want to do is feed your ego somehow and have girls fake come around you so that you feel like this big macho masculine man. But trust me, you suck in bed. A woman will talk shit about you. You have bad dick reviews all around and no the one likes chat, you. The group Amen. text is going off. Yeah, the, you will have all these women knowing how bad you were in bed because here's the thing. We tell each other everything. We tell, we each, other tell everything. each other everything. Most girls, girls are not sneaky about who they fuck. No, and girls are so much more aggressive about what they tell their girlfriends than guys are to their guy friends. Oh, a thousand percent. I've literally had men who I fuck who are like, I tell them straight up, I will brag about your dick pick to my girlfriends. And then they don't want to send it to me, but I will tell them straight up. They, <laughs> I will show my friends your dick. I will, I will show my friends your dick, but I tell them firsthand because I'm like, I know I don't have any self-control. So then they usually don't end up sending it to me, which is great because it's like, it's not like I'm blindsiding them and then yeah. doing it behind their back. That'd be fucked up. That would be I've fucked up. I've sent a dick pic. I, I've showed girls dick pics, but I've also, I think I told the men, I was like, yeah, I showed your dick and they kind of <laughs> liked it. They were like, yeah, I want men everyone. I want everyone to know like how great my dick is. And it, having a girl be like, look how great his dick is, is a, like, it's an ego thing. Yes. There's a lot about the ego. And I think ego is good because I, when men fuck, like they have something to prove that's ego as well. And that is great sex. That's the yeah. best. You know? That's the best sex when they take pride in how good their dick is. A thousand percent. Um, I actually have some of my good guy friends who we have never fucked, never plan on fucking, but I tell them I like dick pics. They'll literally send me their dick pics to be like, how does this look? And then if I say it looks good, they'll be like, yo, can you show this to your friend? Like they'll like look at girls on Instagram who I tag or in my stories are like, yeah, show this to her and see if she's down. But it only works on me. Like that would work on me, but it doesn't Not work on a lot of my girlfriends. I love I, it, I don't like I think dick it's a pics. good tactic. At least like my girlfriends are like, yo, he has a nice dick. And even if they're not into him, they're in like he's he still like, gets oh, the approval. Yo, I got my dick looked at. There's something. <laughs> oh, shit, there's that's no smart. way that a woman looks at a nice dick, like a a good quality dick pic, and isn't like 
damn. Like for a second, they're like, I want that. They might not like the man that it's attached to, yeah. but they're like, if something primal takes over and they want it. And so they can act like, oh yeah, whatever. Like, I don't care. They care. They, care. they absolutely care. It has to be a good dick pic though. Like, I want sunlight it. streaming in. I want natural. I don't want it from you like looking down at your penis and I see your fucking toes in the middle of your, no. You see, they take it over the toilet with shit stains Fuck on no. it. Oh. Oh, oh my god. god! Or in the bathroom and has You've like the hard water wait, stains up, all over. You've gotten a shit stained dick pic. A thousand percent. I. Here's the thing: when men a ask, shit stained dick pic, they're like, you know what? No, the I'm toilet has shit stains. Yeah. That's disgusting. That's gross. Here's the thing. A lot of men, when they send me dick pics, I feel like just want me to inflate their ego. Some like me honest, but I'm honest in almost every single one because I'm like, hey, this would be a lot better if you didn't have that background of shit stains <laughs> of shit stains or even of like <laughs> what did you eat today buddy shitty. chipotle <laughs> or their like rum the i can't eat your ass yeah. if you ate chipotle that dirty toilet is a key but then indicator men could probably with my nudes too give me similar critiques like your room is messy and i'm like okay but who's the one buying my nudes Okay, but yeah, also a messy room is different than Oh my shit god. Yeah. <laughs> what are the other critiques that you give dick pics? Oh, I give a lot of critiques. Bad lighting. Um, something about a man who shaves like everything. Like it is like a naked mole rat down there. Like I like uh, it on women. I like naked mole rats on women, but with men, I don't like naked mole rats. It it's not very attractive because no, it kind of it looks a lot scarier when it's unshaven or when it's shaven. But when it's shaven, at least like I don't know, like looks, a trim, like almost like I a, like trim, not like full bush, but like a trim. Like they just do like a, a fade on their cut. pubes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like when it's like a full V. Fade on your pew. I want the line down the middle and then the star. I do. (laughs) Just like on your head. Wait, but I prefer hairless balls. I want naked. I don't care about that. You don't mind hair on balls? I mean, I'll I'll suck a hairy ball. Listen, I'm bad at flossing in the first place. If you have floss on your balls... It's just a double whammy. I get healthy teeth and healthy oh, gums. The dentist wow. is like, why are your teeth so good? And wow. she's like, hairy balls. Hairy balls. Did you know that dentists can see in your mouth that you suck dick like the night before? If you go to the dentist, there's a way when you're leaning back, the you blood rushes and you have a bruise on the top of your mouth. So dentists know when you suck dick. Yes. Well, well, um, good thing I didn't <laughs> get face fucked, so that's a problem. Or is it? Do, Do I like getting dentist? face fucked? I hate it. Were you ever bulimic? Because I was bulimic. And here's the thing. You can't get face fucked if you're bulimic because you throw up. You throw up. But then they oh, help you get skinny at no, least. No, but I did have an wow. alcohol phase where I learned how to make myself throw up very easily. Uh, so I can throw ooh. up on command. If ooh. I feel any bit of nausea, yeah. I go like this and I go. Yeah. And I just I can throw up. It's kind of scary. Do you not throw up on penises? I have. I've, yeah, I haven't like thrown mm. up full projectile vomit on a dick, Ooh. but yeah, I definitely have like come up and I kind of feel a little like it goes in my mouth. It goes back down really quick. I just don't oh. know that guys can actually feel that and they just pretend like they don't. And I guys that can feel relevant. that like they can feel when you puke on their dick. That's yeah. unfortunate. And I was like, I thought I was hiding it this whole time. They're like, no, I can feel you gagging like that. <laughs> so woman guys can actually feel it. They just don't care about your well-being. Is Do you think what they can I feel that? They also don't up? care about the well-being of their dick. They're yeah. like, my dick's getting sucked and I'm happy. She threw up. It's extra lube. Like, yeah. oh, that's just. <laughs> <laughs> it is a turn. Oh my god! I just one girl, I'm literally nauseous. One guy, a cup of throw up. 
Um, around average size penises. Yes, oh, back, back to, to that. Back to this. Um, let her ride you. If she's comfortable, this will allow her total control over the uh, depth and speed. Enhance this position with finger or toy clitoris stimulation. Hold her hips and rock her back and forth, adding in a gentle thrust as she starts mm. to get tired. And here's the thing. Um, if you do have like around an average size dick, what I really like is if the guy like tilts his pelvis up. Yes. And he yes. tilts his pelvis, it gets in so much deeper. Yep. And then as soon as he like lets his pelvis go back down, even if he has a big dick, I just like it more up. That's how I squirt is if I'm on top and it kind of like slaps yeah. out of the pussy. That's when I go crazy. But also prone bone with a pillow on you, your legs together uh-huh. and you're spread out. That is the best for squirting. Ooh. Yeah. This Wait, one? really? Mm-hmm. On your belly? Yeah. You squirt like that? Yeah. That would never happen for me. I don't know I why. I squirt during doggy. That's like my... Actually, what? I, I can't mis- squirt yeah. during doggy. I only doggy squirt is my shit. I have what? to be on top and I have to be leaning back. So yeah. I got the full view. Oh. And then the dicks, like, it mm. kind of like falls out, but yes. it like slaps uh-huh. the, that every time I squirt. Ugh. I squirt with that too. That's yeah. a good one. But that's the but only way. I've only ever squirted from dick... I think three times in my life. Have you squirted from something else? Um, my Hitachi. You wow. squirted from that on your clit? Yeah. You can squirt from clit stimulation? What? That was the first time I ever squirted. <gasps> I thought I was incapable. You magical unicorn. Holy shit. What? I've only in ever squirted from dick and fingers. of sexual activity. So funny story. The first time I ever squirted actually just came in general, but I ended up squirting, which I didn't even know what that was. So I was... I think I just turned 19 and I was swiping on Tinder because here's the thing. I thought I was ugly. I grew up thinking I was so ugly. No, I mean, I was told I was ugly. So why wouldn't I think I was ugly? I felt the same way. And I was told I was the same shit. So then I was like, okay, at least if I fuck guys off of Tinder, I know they're down based off of my pictures. Like I wasn't a catfish. I didn't even discover an editing app till like. I don't know, maybe senior year. No, like 2020. When they started coming oh, out. Yeah, like when they started coming out, it's like I, I only ever edited my stomach, not really my face, though, because I was always like, it's like sometimes I'm like, do I have anti like other way body dysmorphia now? Like when I think where I think I look better than I am. I have that, too. Yeah. I'm like, wow, girl, you are so beautiful. And then <laughs> and then I'm like, taken. In pictures? No, not no, so. No. Wait, but what a more okay. healthy fucking mindset to have that's not a problem and yeah. i definitely sometimes I, I feel the same way and that's a good thing yeah. be delusional we're just a little delusional and i love it but back in the day when i thought i was ugly i was like okay so i'm like swiping off tinder me and this guy match and he was like 26 he was like a bartender at like gay clubs and stuff he's like the gay guys loved it to me because he was really fucking hot and we were snapping he sent me pictures of the dick immediately and i'm like oh wow that's fucking hot and um he was like i'm gonna make you come tonight and i was like haha that's Ooh. a joke no one's ever made me come he's like challenge accepted so as soon as i got there he handed me like a bottle of wine and he's just like drink this and i like just started chugging because i mean i was still in college like bitch i was an alcoholic (laughs) you're like um challenge accepted i'm gonna chug this bottle in two minutes yeah (laughs) and then i uh he was like, okay. And then he put like a blindfold on me. So I didn't even know what was happening. And then he, I felt him like tie my hands and legs up. Um, and I, I was just talking a lot. So he put a ball gag on me to shut me up. This was, was this your first, Holy shit. Have you ever had sex like this before? Um, after that, yes. But no, not but before this that. This was the first time you yeah. ever. That's wow. how I came the first yeah. time. We'll go back to that. But, but continue. then 
he brought out a vibrator, which I had never heard of a vibrator before. No one in my college was using vibrators when they were 18 years old. In fact, I was like the most sexually active out of all my friends. They were really? all like, I mean, not in a bad like way. a religious background. Yeah. Right? No, yeah. no, no. But even in college, like I was the biggest horror to all my friends. Like I thought like a frat boy, I was like, okay, I want to fuck him. Okay. I fucked his friend. How do I make him not mad if I do fuck him too? Like, you know, it's like, I had the mind of a frat boy. None of my girlfriends had that mindset. I was just always really horny. Like Sometimes my vagina would literally pulse yes. walking to class. Like that's how fucking horny I would be. Holy shit. Wait. And, okay. Wow. What's your OnlyFans? Daddy deals. OnlyFans.com <laughs> slash daddy deals. Okay. Right, just that's a perfect listening. time to stop. What were you saying? Back to the Tinder <laughs> we story. We had to take a quick pee Tinder break and reset story. the cameras. So I was like the biggest whore out of my friend group. And but so no one knew really what a vibrator was. Like I think before Call Her Daddy, Call Her Daddy was like really revolutionary at the time because it's like girls weren't talking about vibrators that openly. Sure. They weren't. I had so, a, a friend group and that's all we talked about was sex very openly. How old are you? I'm twenty four. Yeah, and I, I how old, but how old were you when oh, you guys started talking about it? We were talking about sex like in high school, middle school. Vibrators? Yeah. yeah. And we, wow. We, okay. we would go to sex stores with each other yeah. and like talk about sex oh and what we wanted to try out. It was dope. I was the more innocent one. I think everyone else was talking about fucking and sucking and vibrators. And my mom was super open about sex and vibrators Yeah. Um, since I was very young. And uh, I was always embarrassed and very shameful. Yeah, I was always ashamed of it. And so I never came until I was like 21 because of all that shame. And then I started channeling my mom's energy, I guess, with like being open because she used to tell me she wasn't able to come. And once I learned how to, I was like, wow, Wow. she did try to teach me a valuable lesson so I wouldn't struggle with it. And I was so ashamed. There's got to be a way between like being super religious or super quiet about sex and like being super open with your kids where it's almost like you're sexualizing your children. Yeah, There's There's a nice keel down the middle. You talk about this all very like logically and analytically. So you explain it to your children, you teach them how they can please themselves, but you're not fucking talking to them like you're they're bro. No, well, my, my mom is super religious. So she's like, she never taught you about your vagina or anything. I don't even think she's explored herself. So, so I don't think she could teach me anything. That, uh, so my mom, I think I was like 13 and she, when I got my period, I think is like really when that conversation started. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew about sex at a young age because of like sexual assault and trauma. Mm-hmm. And she, she tried to like make sure I never experienced that as a kid. Yeah. So she was like, Hey, if anyone touches you or whatever. And I really appreciated that conversation, but I also do think it hurt me sexually, mm-hmm. even though I was aware and it protected me. This, this man, I didn't know what a vibrator was. He brought out a vibrator within a few minutes. I felt the whole, like, and I couldn't even squirm. Like I wanted to squirm. Like I was like, Oh my God. Like, but my legs are tied up. I couldn't squirm. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. Like I was tied up everywhere. And then all of a sudden the whole bed got wet. I was like, did you just come from like, using that on me he was like no that was you I was like how did I do that like I had like no one taught me what squirting was I was like I I squirt like what the fuck what is squirting and then we fucked and he had a big dick but it was Mm. it was honestly like his dick is so long that like like honestly the vibrator was better than anything else and just kind of like the doming and then after that I went home he ghosted me and I think that, like, he just likes to conquer women who have never come before and wants to, like, be their first come and then never talk to them again. That's kind of hot. So it, I understand. It that. was I've hot. Met somebody like that. I literally tried to follow him even if after I, like, blew up on Instagram when I was, like, going through my not, like, a huge hoe phase, but I, like, fucked, like, maybe three guys in 2020. 
one before I became celibate for a long time. Um, and I tried to follow him and he didn't follow me back. And I was like, damn, does he really remember me as like the girl who he made squirt and just like literally never wants to talk to them again? That's like such a powerful position as a man. He was so to be powerful. Like, I came, I saw, I conquered and I never spoke to no. her again. Oh, I've <laughs> met, I have met men like this. And the first person to make me squirt was a man just like, like that. that. Yeah. And I remember he was a bartender in a really small town. In New Hampshire, and you guys probably know him. So if you're listening to this and you're from the Northeast, you could be from any state in the Northeast He area. conquers the whole he Northeast. He conquered multiple states. So I went to this bar and I was approached by, I think, over 10 women. And they uh-huh. were like, you know, he's like known for making girls squirt. Damn. And I was like. But that's only hyping you up to want to do that. And they yeah. were like, oh, he just made my friend he just fucked my friend last weekend and I, he had already set the boundary. He told me who he was. He told me this shtick and I was like, okay, I like your personality and thank you for being honest. Mm-hmm. So I knew he was a whore. Okay. So people yeah. were trying to like steer me away and girls were getting jealous that I showed oh. up to the bar with him and they were like, oh, that's <laughs> his new girl. And everyone's like, yo, he knows how to make girls squirt like on command. So I was like, fight over a man who does that. Like yes, they will fight they to will the death. Wow. Fight. What a reputation. Cause he, here's the thing then every, like, you know, if you can make a girl squirt, you are know that you can get any girl in the bar you can have any repeat clients that mm-hmm. you are not clients that you can have girls any are vouching for him yeah. Yeah. like confidence some right people there. were like please fuck him because i heard it was so good and it really was yeah <laughs> it really was he sucked though and those men will never have any like any dry spells they'll never have to no. worry if they're no, gonna find another mentally fuck. fucked up like, oh yeah like as a man it sounds good and we're like kind of praising him and we're like oh like it's so good to be able to make a woman squirt and be that guy but it's not okay to be that guy and be a piece of shit so we'll yes. just like lay the line down there like this man was very mentally not okay and he used sex to to fill a hole he had and could never commit and was like like lying and and you know what I mean and scheming that shit's not cool I always say with men like a lot of men think that fucking and keep having sex with all these women and like it's it's gonna fulfill them but like so much of being a human is about like being able to establish those connections with people and if you can only have service level connections which I've noticed with so many men out there is that they can only have service level connections like they won't know anything about their friends it's like they just have a good time together but it's like they couldn't even like surprise their friend with a gift for their birthday because they don't know a single thing about them and it's like they don't a lot of Ugh. men, and it's. Re- I think it's very sad. It actually makes me so very sad. sad that they lack intimacy. Hmm. A thousand percent, because also men, like, okay, so for so many men are like, women cannot have friends who are guys because the guy will want to fuck them, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if you only have connections with women because you want to fuck every single woman. You're the then problem. You, one, you are the problem. Yep. But two, you lack so many emotional skills to even be in a relationship in the first place. Yep. And then I also yep. like feel sorry for them because they're not able to have those deeper connections and they will be missing out on so much in life because they don't have those kinds of friendships. That's the most beautiful part of being a human, I feel yeah. like, is having those connections where you can meet people and get to know them and be vulnerable like that's beautiful even it's even if it's hard even if it fights against like the core things you were taught that is a beautiful thing where you can truly be authentically yourself yeah it really is oh I, I don't want connections now unless they're deep. I don't want, I'll have friends and acquaintances and meet guys, but I don't want, like, you're not welcome in my house, in my bed, 
if I'm not forming a deep connection with you and having these Mm -hmm. kinds of conversations, and it's really unfortunate that there's a lot of men who are lacking so much intimacy in their life. And I think it stems from like our parents' generation of not talking about feelings and toxic masculinity where they're shamed for even like having any emotion. A thousand percent. Like I I find that I'm like the girl that teaches all of my ex-boyfriends that it's okay to like feel something and that you have a voice for feeling that way and your boundaries are important. And, and yeah, like you have this pressure from society, but like you come first too. And not in a selfish way, not in like a, uh, there's a lot of hurt people that take that in a selfish way. I'm talking about like choosing yourself and filling your cup Mm. so that you understand emotions and can have that intimacy with people. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a slideshow on Instagram the other day and it was like, girls, what do you wish you knew going into your first relationship or your most toxic one? And a couple of them were just like, if he cheats, leave him. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. (laughs) But one that really hit me was if you don't value yourself as the best deepest, most valuable best friend you have, you are not going to have a successful relationship. And if men aren't filling that cup, like you said, and really pouring into themselves and by pouring into yourself, you also pour into others because you're feeling better. You're not going to have a fulfilling relationship where it's an actual partnership. And I used to blame a lot of people for issues in relationships because like every, I still look at it kind of like Overall, it was their fault, <laughs> you know, but, but then it's your fault for saying, cause that's exactly, the thing. Exactly. Like, now I have that yep. insight where but I can be like, fuck. I used to be so angry at like the guys who would, mm. I, it would be like the most toxic shit. Like one of my exes actually, okay. I had a lot of situationships. This was the one guy I bullied into being my boyfriend. So, <laughs> you know, drunk one night, I thought I saw him holding hands with a girl. And here's the thing. I was celibate for a, like a year and a few months before I fucked him. Okay. That, that upsets Damn. me when men play with that. Cause no. like, you know, we're picking you like we're we picked you out of everyone he knew what it was because I told him that I like he told me that I was so special like he I mean he kind of really liked the fact that I didn't have sex with like anyone really before him I didn't fuck around and I mean when I was a freshman sure I went through my hoe phase and then I went through that phase I was like okay this doesn't fulfill me anymore I think it did as a freshman like you have to Mm -hmm. experience that at some point in life yeah but then I was like okay I'm over that and then I didn't have sex for the longest 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 time and then I was like okay like if I'm doing this because I want you it's because I like you, et cetera. He told me he wanted to like me too. And then he would always refer to me as his girlfriend to like his friends. Like we would study together. He took me on dates. Like there were so many things. And one night I told him I was coming to like his frat's party. And then I thought I saw him holding hands with another girl. Wasn't entirely positive. I was like, yo, are you fucking other girls? Are you not fucking other girls? Like if you're fucking me, you're only fucking me. We're Mm -hmm. boyfriend. Like you can't do that with other people. Wait, hold up. Stop. You just said you bullied him into being your girlfriend. That is not you bullying <laughs> him into being your girlfriend. Everyone listening, everyone watching, that is her setting her boundary mm. of her body and what she wants. And that is very valid. And that is <laughs> completely normal in the conversation you should be having if you're giving your body to and somebody. And if he's calling you his so, girlfriend to everybody, like, yeah. does that not make you his girlfriend? I thought like, like, well, I thought that we were like, kind of, like we never really established that beforehand, but the 
way we were acting, it's like we would like hold hands all the time. We'd go to class together sometimes. It's like all of his friends knew we were fucking. I'd have like breakfast sometimes with this frat house. Like there were so many things that were because why else would you do that when it's like I hadn't fucked anyone else before him. I waited a little bit before because I fucked guys, him. Here's why. Here's why. Uh huh. When women are not fucking other people, like got that is seen as very high value for mm. men. Like, because it's a big challenge because if they're fucking, if you're fucking them, that is the biggest ego stroke. That is the biggest win you can have as a man. Like she doesn't have anyone and she picked me. I was so in love with this man that like that's, but that men can feel all of that and want to win that. And it doesn't necessarily mean they like you. And that is the hardest pill to swallow because I used to go through that all the time and I'm like they yeah. would preach this stuff and they would lie and it was like cuz you were hard to get and they wanted to be able to be like I got it. Here's the thing, he <laughs> was obsessed with me for a while. They always are. That's even yeah. worse. Cuz we have the yes. best kind of pussy. He was yes. obsessed with me for such a long time and then he just kind of started like he even told me when we first met, he was like I just want to be totally transparent with you like I used to have a reputation for cheating blah 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 like I've cheated on all my ex-girlfriends. I've been single for a while. And That's a warning you ladies. Holy if a, shit. If a man says that, run. Yeah, no, run. A thousand percent oh, run. They're not being honest. Damn. They're not being vulnerable. They don't have a torn fucking, past and you can't fix them. He was still fucking other girls. Like he was still fucking other girls. It's like I maybe slept over at the frat house like five days a week and he still figured out the two other days a week when he could have sex. All right. Yeah. And that, that goes Listen, She's that saying goes, oh. frat house. Yeah. Mm. That lesson number one. I love frat boys. I gotta say. What is it about them? It's the Um, confidence. I I don't even think it's a confidence. It's like the porn stashes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we love a good porn stash. I I never felt the like need or desire to be in a sorority. I always wanted to be in a fraternity, and it's like I felt like I was one of them. So I was like, I did relate to them on so many levels, other than the fuck boy level. Because if I was being a fuck girl, every like if the guy I. Uh, <laughs> nice. Thank you. <laughs> um, talking about friend boys. Um, but it's like the the guys I was fucking. They knew if I was fucking around. They're like, it's not like I was being deceitful or telling them I wanted to date them. Mm, and not. the best kind of fuck boy yep. is an honest fuck boy. Yeah, women want to make the choice. I say it every podcast. We want the choice. Just tell us, and then if we agree to it, it's on us, baby. It is yeah, on, it's us. on us. It's not your fault. It's our fault. Yeah, a thousand. And so many girls are down for that fuckboy thing, too. But it's like the men don't want the girls who are also kind of fuck girls. They want the women who are like pure that they can be a fuckboy with and kind of toy with. And I'm like, yeah. why? Because it's a want that? It's like a virginity thing. There's this whole weird thing. I had a thing with taking virginity. It's a point system. It's a point system between men. It, it it's a yeah. higher badge. It's a higher status, and all men want status. And pussy is the easiest, fastest way to get but status. Like how I said, I relate with frat boys a lot. Is I took a lot of virginities in high school, and I thought that a was lot. like a badge, like six. Damn. Whoa. Five or six. That's yeah. a lot of virginities. I love taking virginities I've, in high school. I've talked about this and I'm kind of like, wait, I feel like when taking you were in high school, let's hot. stop there and just say yeah. when you were in high school, not currently now with high school. Yeah, yeah. When I was in high school, I'm currently 25 years old. 
Um, but when I was in high school, I was like, I grew up an ugly duckling, you know? How how can people remember you if you're ugly? You take people's virginities and that's my power play. They will remember mm. me. Now they probably remember me. Oh my God, Adelia's like an OnlyFans porn star now. But I fucked her. So, and I fucked her. So now it's yes. like a fucking humble brag on their it's part. It's a badge of honor I for lost them. my virginity to her. Mm-hmm. Wait, damn. I actually always thought that taking virginities sounded kind of hot. So I, I thought understand it was so where cool. Like they from. don't know what they're doing. Then they're really shy and they're really awkward. It's not even like the sex was amazing, but I loved their awkwardness and like their <laughs> like it was the most vulnerable you'll ever see a man is when you're taking their virginity and they don't know what the fuck they're doing and they rely on you to tell them what to do. Oh. It's just like it was such a power play for me because like I was never in the power play position before. And this is when I truly was kind of a fuck girl. It's like I wanted to fuck guys. I wanted to take their virginities. It's like I maybe was in love with one of the guys or no, maybe two of the guys virginities I took, but the other four just easy. <laughs> What about you now? <laughs> they were easy. So you what know, are, I'm celibate. I've been celibate for like a year so and a half. What would make you not celibate? Um, I want a guy who was interested in like literally interested in dating me. Like I want to be friends. I want him to know like there's usually a three month period. Like men usually know if they want to date you within like 24, 48 hours of meeting you. Like if they at least want to explore things with you. Yep. And facts. If, mm-hmm. But. They'll also know if they just want to fuck you pretty off the bat. Like, they'll yes. know that energy. They'll know what they want. So I need a man to be like, okay, I either want to fuck you or I want to take you on dates. And the men's that I've had crushes on in the past year, it's like, I've had these conversations with them. I've been having very healthy conversations. And they have straight up told me, like, I am only interested in fucking at this point. I'm not really interested in dating anyone. We're looking for two different things, which is fine because we have that conversation and then I don't fall head over heels in love with a man who has no interest in me. So I love that. And I think that we have similar experiences because there was a time where like our, our family lives are kind of fucked up. It definitely shaped us who we were. I think definitely use sex as a way of feeling validated and Mm -hmm. wanted and feeling pretty. Also, and before you figure out what a vibrator Emily, is, stop gripping the pipe with your fucking gorilla grip, <laughs> fucking toes, bro. I didn't have anywhere to put it. You I just, just got so high in between your toes. At I, least I didn't put the mouth part. It was the mouth part. No, I put the end part. It was right here. That's was, not the mouth part. No, that was not that close. It was. I looked was. down and it was like here. Oh hell no! I don't like toes on my mouth. Shit. But we just took a puff from our new Puffco uh, little pipe. And it is the cutest thing. It makes me feel like Gandalf. Puffco did send it to us. Shout out Puffco. If you want anything, you should buy it. Because seriously, I'm fucking fried right all now. Over my I'm over here hands. holding I'm, my breath as they're smoking. I know. I looked I'm at you so and I go, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I tried to take a quick hit and then it was so big. Oh, it goes right to Adelia. I do so much breath work. I can hold my uh, breath for a little bit now. Because <laughs> I'm like, if I get high, I, I get weird. Or fuck, I just, I'm so good. But um, I feel like to literally lose my celibacy, it's like I want someone that I could see It'd being be your my, boyfriend. It, I don't know if it, we would have to be boyfriend, girlfriend yet because it's like I just know that they have the intent to date me that we have like not even just like a, a romantic relationship. I want to be their friend. I want to know like I want to know what their boundaries are. Like intimacy, yeah. I think a lot of, I just think if people are honest about wanting intimacy and they were like, here's the kind of intimacy I want and the kind of intimacy I'm also capable of giving, Mm -hmm. and here's what I'm doing, a lot more more guys will get laid. 
And a lot more girls because <laughs> a thousand it's the choice. Like we don't have to date. We don't have to be married. But if if we can mutually agree on something and that communication stays mm. open, we can all come. We can all <laughs> we come. We can all come. Thank God. But, like, but if without that communication, like you can't come, you know, uh, like we're just be able to talk. A lot of women too, like even open relationships, like men who like to fuck multiple women, so many women that I know and have talked to, they're like, okay, if you just like, let me know what's going on, like what the relationship is. A lot of them don't care. Like I, yes, I personally, yep. like, I have a list mm-hmm. of things I want and don't want. I would care if I was in a relationship with someone. If someone is still kind of like testing their options, et cetera, it's like I wouldn't necessarily want to be fucking them, but like that open communication what is so important to establish that trust. Mm-hmm. Especially because usually women, as we get to know men more, we do bond with them. We do like them more. And then we start being like, do I want to fuck them? And if I know and you've been honest, like, hey, maybe I'm like fucking girls on the weekend or I've gone on a couple of dates. It's casual. Here's what the situation. I don't plan on stopping that until I plan on making someone my girlfriend. Here's my intentions with that. Then we might want to fuck you and be like, you know what? I can deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> a thousand. Oh, my God. Like a thousand million percent. But so many <laughs> girls also. And I think this is where being self-aware is key. Do you actually want that or you just want him and you're willing to sacrifice it? Because some people say like, oh, I can do that. I don't want, I won't catch feelings. Like, nope, I'm agreeing to this. And then they catch feelings and you have to be able to know yourself. Yes. Now yeah. I know if yes. I'm fucking you. Somewhat consistently, the attachments there. We, I cannot we bond fuck with somebody, and I hate it. Like, I, it makes me like distance myself from people I'm fucking because I'm like, I will like you, and I can't like you because we've set the boundaries of what this is, yeah. and I now I can't fuck you anymore. So oh. it was really easy back in the day when I had a roster of a few men, but now I'm celibate till I find that kind of man. So like the attachment is already going to be there. Like the next time I fuck a man, like it is almost guaranteed that I'm going to be attached to him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he has to be ready and emotionally prepared and also like know what he wants with me for me to feel that attachment to him. Cause it's like, I don't know if it's going to be a healthy attachment. I haven't had sex in so long that like it, I'll be very, very attached. So I need to know like what he's looking for, what he wants in life. Is he okay with not having kids? Yes. Is he okay with all these other things? Because it's like, let's just say me and this guy have a deep connection, but he would die to have kids. And it's like, I think kids are disgusting. It's like you just know off the bat that you guys are only meant to be friends. That's a deal breaker. Yeah, no, that's so important. I think when you start talking to somebody, abort them too. Abort them. Yeah, I agree. I would abort a kid right now. I would too. I would. I've never actually had to have an abortion because I was on Depo-Provera for like ten plus years, and now I'm off of it because my doctor was like, "Yo, your hormones are fucked, girlfriend." Oh, was that the shot? Yeah. Oh god, I've heard such bad things. Oh, it was the best thing that has ever happened. It was the worst birth control I've ever been on. That's it's so weird how that made me bleed for like three months straight. Well, that's the first three months suck, but then after that, if you just keep doing it, this was like a year and a half in. Oh no, I had I was fucked from that um but kids you don't want kids F- no ew I, <laughs> no- I literally get nauseous around children but you love animals i love dogs Is and horses <laughs> i love them. i love dogs and horses i like rats too i like little pet rats Rats are so cute i used to have pet rats growing up 
I, I, I just, I love just like very cuddly animals. Not that my horse, actually, no, my horse was kind of cuddly, but she, it's so funny because it's like anyone but me. She Horses kinda, have boundaries. Yeah. They she would do. just like sneeze on people she didn't like. She never did it to me, but. That's so cute. That's really, she was just but like, she fuck loved you. me. She was in love with me. Like she would follow me around. I'd run around her pen and she'd like chase after me. Aww. But um, yeah, I'm a big animal person and that's why I don't really feel the need to have kids because I feel like my legacy isn't going to be left with kids. I think my legacy is going to be left with getting dogs adopted, being charitable. Like there are so many things I want to do with animals that kids, God, and you have to be very selfless to have kids. I already feel like I sacrificed a lot for wubs and that is my pride and joy. And I would literally kill myself without her. So (laughs) I go back and forth on having kids all the time. I'm like, yes, I want kids. I even want my, like my own children, not just to adopt. But then I'm like, what if I was just like a hot rich aunt because I have yeah. nieces already I could just be a hot rich aunt that sounds great like my brother wants kids more than anything and I'm fine with being an aunt but also he has to know straight off the bat if he plans on having kids I will be the first person to give them alcohol and try mushrooms and I, I will, love that I will be the cool person I won't let them throw Auntie parties yes. yeah I won't let them yes. throw parties at my house because I'm not trying to like fucking get arrested for giving minors alcohol but like me and his but I'll kid, let them drink it in yeah, the I'll, privacy me and of their own home mm. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'll be so cool. But like, then again, all the consequences that that kid suffers, I don't have to deal with them. That's my brother's responsibility. You can just give them back. Yeah, I can give them back to him as soon as I get annoying. That's so nice. And like, and but if they're a child, like this is, I'm talking when they're like 16 years old, you know, not like young. I'm not fucking a crazy person, but, um, before <laughs> so, middle school, so you, you give them alcohol six months age. in. Yeah. I think like, I think like, like 15, three years old, he's hammered. <laughs> he's two shots in. Um, I got him to pass out. The, the guy wouldn't shut up. Yeah. When they're a toddler or like maybe even before middle school, I don't think I really like, I don't know what to do with them. They, I, <laughs> I would, I'm not changing any diapers. I'm not dealing with temper tantrums. I'm not dealing with kids crying. I'm not leaving like anyone under 12 years old with like the dogs that I foster help get adopted. Like those dogs already have trauma. Imagine a kid mm. pulling on their tail and giving them more trauma. Wait, that's so, so true. true. Cause I that's felt so that way. True. I'm, I'm coughing finally from <laughs> that fucking dab. <coughs> Fuck. <coughs> okay. So I used to feel that way, especially because I was like, I don't even have my life together. How the fuck would I take care of a child? So I'd be like, I'd abort that. Now that I'm more healed, I'm like, wow, I could teach a child so much and that would do so much for the world. But before that even happened, my uh, primal instincts kicked in. Mm -hmm. Like my body, I didn't like kids. I hated kids. And then I would see kids and I, you know how you said like your pussy would pulse because you'd be so horny. That happens like, like not my pussy pulsing, but like, I feel my ovaries. Like it's like a hormonal reaction that is like, you need to give birth and mate. Like I get baby (laughs) fever. I have baby fever. Nope. I actually, the only time I ever had baby fever, it was for like maybe two or three months when I was in sixth grade. So I was 12 years old, but it's when I first started getting my period that I had like baby fever. I wanted to be like 12 and pregnant. It was like the weirdest fucking thing. And, um, then by the time I was in seventh grade, I feel like my hormones mellowed out a little bit more, but, um, it's when I realized I actually never want kids. I I realized very young that I didn't want kids and I feel like I'm very, I'm pretty healed right now. And especially like if I ever want to center and figure out what I really want to do, I take some mushrooms and I meditate and it's like, kids are just not in 
they've never been what I want to do. Mm-hmm. They've, they've just never been like, I don't get baby fever. I don't get the need. I don't feel the need to reproduce. I like, I've always, since I was really young, like since I was in kindergarten, I have known that all they want to do in life was help dogs. And it's like, now I know what, like other things that I want to do. It's like when I was five and going to church, I didn't know I wanted to do only fans porn, you know, like that's yeah. just not something, you know, as a fucking five year old. No, it's not. But, um, <laughs> But I mean, it should have been a telltale sign when I started watching porn in like third grade. Like I started watching wow. porn really fucking young. Wow. So I mean, that should have been a sign. What? When did you? Oh, yeah. I was going to ask, like, what do you think was going on in your life? Animal that- Planet. Animal Planet? I saw animals mate on Animal Planet while they were talking about reproduction. Wait, and I, I was did like, too. That was the most interesting thing ever. So then I didn't, I didn't know what the word porn even was back then. I looked up. Uh, live sex like that's all I knew and then livesex.com appeared and that's where I watched all my porn and I'm like oh my god and then I made my parents computer crash because I I clicked on all the pop-ups I was like this is so fucking cool um, <laughs> you were like 20 singles in my area I watched a lot up. of porn <laughs> without even knowing it was porn and then like the church eventually like they were they started talking about porn when I was maybe in fifth grade and they started talking about how it was a sin blah 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 and I'm like I've been sinning this whole time like, holy shit I didn't you know what just, the word porn was and I was watching curious. porn wow like I I would also like I'd watch like Animals Mate. Not that I was ever into bestiality, yeah. but it's like no, you're a curious kid, and I you're like, so what's curious. happening? And you're like, well, we're people, we must do oh. that. All right, guys, we had to take a quick break. The cameras they turn off every thirty minutes. We don't have a producer. If you're in Miami and you want to be a video uh, in person producer, send us your resume. Please hit us up. We also <laughs> need editors. Um, uh-huh. We just have so much content that we need to produce, even outside the podcast. We just need extra help. Um, please hit us up. Yeah. And we are begging. <laughs> we just realized that our 30 minutes of the last 30 minutes didn't Which was record. was a great part of the episode. So we're just going to put a picture of us being like, <laughs> right, pose. And this will be the, this will be the Wait, thumbnail. Deals come in here. Oh, well, no, it's us talking. Uh, so for, why don't we talk? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Or we could just do a bunch of different faces and then Dave edits it in. <laughs> no. Okay. Copper tone, baby. Okay. But yeah, so <laughs> we were talking about a lot of shit. We were getting into it, but we only have like 15-ish minutes left of the yes. episode. So do we want to mm. do any like rapid fire conversations or topics? Yes. Quick, quick, quick. I'm ready. Do you have anything you want to <laughs> ask us? Do you okay, I one of your clips that you guys got roasted on was whether Michael Sarah was hot or not. And here's the thing, he is like the funniest amount of awkward where I'd probably fuck him. I no, can no. see you being in a relationship that, with Michael Sarah. I love awkward skinny men. No, um, yeah. first of all, we said we would pass on Michael Sarah, and I think we just said that for like drama. Yeah. And like for the reaction, and it worked, but it I think worked. we would both fuck Michael Sarah. <laughs> because we both love personalities. So yeah. as long as you get us with the funniness and the zing, it's like my pussy's open. I think we were just being crazy and while we were like, pass. And we were just like, I think we were drunk. Yeah, I think we were just drunk. <laughs> and but the drunk took it mind so is usually seriously. sober thoughts. No, I think I was like... Or you're just funny when you're drunk. I was just being dramatic. Like, I say shit I don't mean all the time. Just for for the fucking reaction. I say shit and I'm like, why did I even say that? Yeah. And then I'm like, what did I even say two seconds later? So it's a great combination for a podcast co-host. I know. Okay. I guess, all right. What do you... How do you... What is the... (laughs) 
What is your favorite thing about OnlyFans? The money and <laughs> um, also like the ability to be my own. Okay, there's like a few favorite things, but obviously number one is the money because I have so much freedom to do all the things that I've ever wanted to do because of OnlyFans. Um, one of the other things is my ability to express myself sexually because it's like growing up, I was never able to do that. It's always something that I wanted to do. And it's I've always felt very sexually like open and like mm-hmm. wanting to show my body and feeling like your body is art and like wanting to show my tits, wanting to show my ass, like wanting to do all these things before OnlyFans ever even existed. Like and it you're was a shame for it your whole life. Oh. Yeah. It was something that I've always felt inclined to do. And I felt ashamed for a long time. And I think the third thing is being able to be my own boss because I don't need anyone yelling at me when I can mm. do that for myself. I can discipline yes. myself. I can do all those other things. It's like, I feel that I can do all of that for myself. Yeah. Sometimes in my own head, like I don't even yell at myself. I'm just like Emily I'm not upset I'm I'm disappointed in yeah. you <laughs> I'm just like do better every okay. boss I've ever had in the past would like yell at, scream at me because I worked in sales and it's like I would just I would shit blood I'd throw up like there were so many things Ooh. that I, I know how, like I will work hard and do my job but if someone is yelling at me I would even tell my boss this was like one of my first boundaries I was like when you yell at me like it it's really it's really hard for me to work that day because then I'm panicking for the rest mm-hmm. of the day and it's like he would even try to argue with me about how I felt. And I'm like, I'm telling you how to communicate with me. Positive reinforcement being like, you're really good at this. This is how you could do better. I'm like, that is how you communicate with me. And he still wouldn't do it. Oh, I think dick. I think it needs to be 50 50 on you working on how to control those emotions and triggers and him working with you while you learn to figure that out because you only know when somebody has that conversation with you. Yeah. But he would yell at me and be like, why the fuck aren't you doing this? Why are you so bad at your job? It's like, and that's a, that's an unhealed person too, yeah. because a leader, a coach, Ooh. they don't coach people like that. No, they. Do I not. had a boss. I have had bosses do the same shit. And then I had a boss who was like, you'd be fired for your emotional, your lack of emotional intelligence and Mm -hmm. ability to control your emotions. If you weren't like, if you weren't good at your job, you'd be gone. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I've been a football coach. So I want to teach you how to like handle this. And he taught me actually like different ways I could do it. He's like, if you ever feel like you can't do an email or something, cause you're emotional, like come to me or send me it first. And then he'd go through it and send me a quick update. And then I would send that. And he like taught me how That's to so supportive. It was so supportive. It would be, and it was my responsibility that, yeah. to learn that skill and it changed my life learning it. Mm. But it was amazing having a person like that in my life. Cause I never had anyone yeah. like that. Not even friends. It would be great. Cause I went to a therapist growing up and she was like the most toxic person ever. She encouraged my eating disorder being like, well, don't you want to get skinny? Like, I remember you telling me fuck? that you had a really toxic. Yeah, therapist. She, she told me to like, just not eat to stay skinny. And so that's why I didn't think I was anorexic while I was anorexic because I was doing what my therapist like told me to do. But, um, basically it's like, I would tell her all these things I wanted to work on. And it's like, now I have a life coach who tells me this is why you have these kinds of reactions, Mm -hmm. but it's like, she's had to get to know me for a long time, but it's like, we're able to figure out my triggers, where it stems from, et cetera. Like a lot of my triggers are from not feeling enough, feeling abandoned. Like there's a lot of different things, but it's like, I went to the therapist for like 10 plus years. I had no idea why I would react the way I did. So I had no idea how to change it. And it's like, she would keep telling me that I was fine and it was all in my head. And I'm like, okay, but if it is, how do I change that? Like, how do I calm yes. down? But yes. she could never answer those questions because she was a horrible therapist. There's so, a lot God. of bad therapists. And I hate when people are like, well, they're a doctor, they're a therapist. You blind 
blind. You should blindly no, you listen can't. to that. No, you can't. no. Sometimes you know more than a doctor. Sometimes yeah. you know more than a therapist. Your gut feelings you that know you feel more like you're crazy you. about. Yeah, no. You, a lot of the time they're right. Sometimes you are just being crazy, but a lot of the time they're right. Yeah, you need to learn how to trust your intuition and knowing yourself and understanding why you do the things you do. Research everything. There's, I have, there's been so many bad therapists that have led people down a dark path because Mm -hmm. they don't know how to do their job right and they don't teach coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. People who are not healed are teaching people how to heal and they don't even act that way in the, like in their own life. Some people should not be therapists. That's why like my current life coach, like I've tried a few different life coaches. This is my favorite because one, she really does not do it for the money, but two, she has multiple certifications and she does certain programs that like, like she's had to do like full on boot camps and stuff like that, where she's not even registered as a life coach until she does all these worksheets, like doing the work herself. And then she eventually becomes certified, not only after doing the work on herself, but she'll do do like free life coaching. So then she can show, uh, like the, the life coaching administration or whatever, like the fuck it is like the work that she's done. And Mm -hmm. then she becomes certified and then still, like she's still constantly trying to find other ways that she can heal and other ways that she can help I love people. That. That's beautiful. And it's like, all that's these, a positive person. Oh, she is like, she's incredibly positive recently. She's been yelling at me a lot more. She didn't at first. Cause at first I needed like to know that she wouldn't abandon me and, but she could see like the problems that I had. And now she realizes that I need some tough love. Cause I want to like rely on her now. This is what she said. I want to rely on her now to like help me you feel, feel safe security. now. Oh, okay. I feel safe with her, but now she wants me to feel safe within myself and not rely mm. on anyone to feel safe. So she's been, Oh, she's been a little harder on me recently, but I know it's because like she's doing what I need. But now like you're at person. a place that you can accept that and receive that. And it's on her. And the only reason she has that wisdom is because she's been through the experience herself of having to go through that transformation. I like don't want to create any public enemies, but these girls who do one fucking workshop and then are Instagram life coaches, I'm so sorry. But like... Uh, I I have personally seen with my own eyes, there's a girl who's a life coach on Instagram. I'm not friends with her. I don't follow her. So if you try to look through my follow list, she's not on there. She doesn't follow me either. But I saw her go up to one of my good friends while my friend was on ketamine and basically start to talk to her about her life traumas and then sell her on her life coaching while she was on ketamine. And then my friend went to life coaching through her only to like realize later on, like, shit, that was like, I don't know any other word to describe it, but it's like a little emotionally rapey. Like for you to prey on someone Mm -hmm. who's on drugs to convince them that your life coaching services are good. That is like, it's fucked fucked up. It is fucked up. You shouldn't be doing that any ethical life coach would wait till people are sober to have any kind of conversations with them. And I still think that those conversations should be like someone inviting you to have that conversation with them. You could tell them about what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. If they see your lifestyle and they like it, Mm -hmm. they could go to you You or you could post on your stories. You could easily post on your stories about stuff that you offer, but going to people who are fucked up or going to people being like, this is what's wrong with you. And I could help. Usually they can't help you because if they're preying on you, then they don't know what they're doing and they haven't heal their own trauma. They're targeting people who are on drugs who they know are in vulnerable positions to make sales. I've seen it with my own fucking That's eyes. That's so LA. That's it fucking It wasn't LA. Really? No. Where was it? Texas. That's so Damn. Texas. <laughs> That's so Texas. That's so everywhere. That's fucked yeah, up. And you know what's crazy? Because like, okay, you guys, not when you first met me, but at least now, 
Do I give off a vibe like you can fuck with me at all? I think yeah. you've always given that you vibe to me. You seem very friendly. I've since I've met like, you, no, not like you guys can fuck with me. I mean, like fuck with me, like in a bad way. Like, oh. do I give off a vibe? Like, I won't say something. Like, I would screw you. I yeah, could exactly. screw you over. No, no. I literally think no. the last when I, last time I Facetimed you, I looked at Emily and I was like, I literally think I said something about you being in your power. Yeah, oh. I was. I I was like. Yo, she just says, and she just is her ability to tell people like how she feels and separate herself is admirable because sometimes that's very hard. I literally said that to Emily and I was like, that's nice to see it because we like having friends who are, have that ability to do that because it means they're making good choices. It means they're healing. So like dead ass. I first met me. I was not like that. I'd let people walk all over me a little bit in Palm Springs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you were a little more shy. I noticed that like up front, I think you told me about it after. Yeah. But you seemed very confident. And oh, you've always you. like I wouldn't want to try are. to hurt you or manipulate you or anything. But you know what was a red flag is as soon as I walked in the room and saw this happening, the life coach girl, she walked out like not even two or three minutes later because I was like, what's going on here? Like as soon as I walked in, something just did not feel right to me. And then she walked out because I was being like pretty vocal. And I'm like another red flag, because if you were doing something that you knew was morally ethical, you wouldn't walk out after I was like, what's going on? Like, are you OK? Like are like what's like you know what's happening you wouldn't walk out there's that's so weird there's something that i think people don't realize about themselves and sometimes we view it as people not liking us like if you weren't healed and you weren't as self-aware to recognize all of those patterns and behaviors and micro expressions and and the way their body language you know what i'm saying like that takes Mm -hmm. wisdom that takes experience um And sometimes we mistake that for people not liking us or us not feeling accepted, especially Mm -hmm. if we have abandonment issues. (laughs) So in social settings, I used to always think that like people didn't like me and, and it was because of this, it was because I wasn't good enough or whatever. And now as an adult, I'm like at a young age, I was so emotionally intelligent. I could read them. I would call that shit out and I would question it. And you would gaslight yourself. And I would gaslight myself. And now as an adult, I'm like, Oh, you've known this for so long. This is your fucking superpower. You can walk into a room and you can read somebody and you can feel the energy and then it's off. And it's not you being crazy. It's not people not liking you. And it's not people like who, whatever they think about you and how they treat you as a reflection of themselves. And now you have the ability and wisdom to see what it is like yeah. for what it is. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a lot of people have gone through so much trauma at a young age. Like they're the people who are meant to like, uh, Ugh, move a generation. <laughs> I love it. It's like, for example, like Nessa Barrett, like genuinely her music has like made me feel so okay. Cause I used to have like suicidal ideations. I used to be so depressed. I used to have so much anxiety. I still have a decent amount of anxiety, but not like suicidal and like, ideations she's famous as much. And she's idolized. Like, you know what I mean? And but she's, like she, she had, human. she went through so much at a young age. Like she's had a few suicide attempts. Uh, I think she got diagnosed with BPD. Her mom died and then like her best friend died and she makes music talking about like, oh. like, like, her suicidal ideations, like what's wrong with me, like the way that she talks to herself, she makes music about all this kind of stuff. And like people who go through trauma like that at a young age, some of them are just meant to be gifted and move generations. Oprah, look at all the trauma she went through before, mm-hmm. but she became famous. People who yep. go through trauma 
you went through that. And I always like to think of the positive of everything and imagine like what you learned. I choose, I chose to go through that trauma before I came here. And if you Mm -hmm. take that, you take such an empowered position and control of your life. Like I used to be such a victim. I used to be like, this happened to me. It's like, no, this happened for me. I chose this so I could be a fucking super human. Like I could handle anything and no one could convince me otherwise. And I could be so sure of Mm -hmm. myself. And that trauma allowed me to step into that position so I can teach other people that. Mm -hmm. Like if you can take control of your life and see that like you have such an important role and, and power in the stuff that has happened to you, like that is that is you you can understand people on such a deep level well mm-hmm. you can also change your own reality because you changing your thoughts is changing everything that's going on around you every decision oh, you make a thousand percent like i was really stuck in a victim mindset after my friend died because it's like how could one of the only people who was ever really like believed in me from day one cared about me from day one didn't have any expectations of our friendship didn't have any limitations to our Mm -hmm. friendship it's like he could tell me when I was annoying him I could tell him when he was annoying me which was a lot by the way that is a lot (laughs) um and like he was he was the person who died like the person who brought like light to so many people's lives and there was so long I was like why did this fucking happen to me like and it felt like a part of me died with that because it's like you can't find that kind of friendship with many, many people, a friendship that's genuine, a friendship where you can roast each other, a friendship where it's like, he even said, I would objectively think you're hot if you haven't FaceTimed me on the fucking toilet burping. He's like, you have ruined any chances. And I'm like, great, because I never even had those thoughts to begin with. But it's just like funny. Do you know what that is, though? Friendship, like a deep connection. No, everyone you meet, like life is truly just about yourself. This is a one player Mm -hmm. game. He's a mirror to show you that you have that capability. Mm-hmm. Like that was the point to like bring that out in you to show you it's possible to give you hope, to give you light so you can step into that role. Yeah. He did his job by showing you that and by him leaving, it's your chance to be like, I can do this for myself and not need it for somebody. And you feel empowered doing that because you had this positive experience. You know what I mean? And it allows you to pass on his legacy of doing good for others because he did good by you. That made me want to cry. I'm crying. That's beautiful. (laughs) I was wondering if I, if you were high or what was, if you're crying, I'm crying. (laughs) I just get emotional all the time. I think we're also about to get our period. I'm on my period my right period. now. Yeah. I'm drunk <laughs> and I'm on my period and I'm high. <laughs> and it's like, it's true though. Cause like, that's a lesson I also had to learn. Yeah. And like, I tell my friends all the time too. It's like, especially after him. And I was really glad that I was able to tell him like, Yo, stop doing drugs or stop being stupid or drugs. Like, are you testing your shit? Blah, blah, blah. Like I would tell them that all the time mm-hmm. now that they're alive. But now anytime my friends talk about doing drugs, I'm like, did you test your shit though? Like why? Like I, I take mushrooms all the time and it's like mushrooms are a great substitute for me than for like ecstasy or something else. Because mm-hmm. one, you can see that they're fucking mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. And two, if you buy them from a place where they're like legal, you don't have to like, people aren't going to fucking put fentanyl a place that it's legal because then you know, exactly. the state could Wait, actually get involved then. Where are mushrooms legal? Colorado, Oregon, Washington, or at least decriminalized. But as soon as you put fentanyl in them, they're criminalized. So it's not smart for them to do that. Like you can 
I'm, I'm still saying test your shit. Yeah. But it's like, you can see if a mushroom is a fucking mushroom, they're not going to put fentanyl in that. So I tell my friends <laughs> oh, a lot God. now, like, like maybe take mushrooms instead, or if they don't have good reactions to mushrooms, like what can you take? Okay. If you really want to take ecstasy, did you test your shit? I don't care if you got it from the same dealer you've always gotten it from. Are they testing their shit? Like it, it's just so fucking important. And especially do not do drugs alone. And that's something that mm. my friend lied to me about is that he did drugs alone. And it's like, he never told me that he really did that. And it's very disappointing. But he also knew that I would nag him and he hated when I nagged him. So it's like, don't do drugs alone, please. Like that is just a huge sign if you have to do drugs yes. alone, that you need extra help, yep. extra support. Like and there's you, nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, there's, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. that. It's actually stronger if you mm-hmm. ask for help yes. than if you avoid getting help. It just shows your, we your just, strength. We, my family just yeah. lost uh, someone very close to us. For our whole lives, pretty much. Yeah. For doing drugs alone. <clears throat> or drink. I don't know exactly what was going on, but he was alone. And that was definitely an issue. And it breaks my heart because it's like if you're with somebody or if there's something like a lot of people don't talk about that stuff. There's like a shame behind it. But knowing that you need help is like the first step, you know. Knowing you need help is literally the hardest thing you can do. But it can also save your life, and it is so important to do. I feel like we should link some self-help resources down below. I was going to say, too, like, fentanyl's huge. Somebody in Cape Cod just died from a weed fentanyl overdose. Like, fentanyl was found in weed that she bought on the streets. Like Don't buy it from the streets. Like, if you're buying weed, go to a fucking dispensary. I don't fucking care. But what if you're in a state where there's not a dispensary? Drive to a state where there is. Yeah, some people south, don't even have those resources. Many. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people who are smoking weed because that's all they got. Well, here's the thing: there are fentanyl test strips, and they're actually very cheap on online. Like, you can get a fuck ton of like uh, fentanyl test strips for like under twenty. I wonder if we can get. Resources. We should order some. I wonder if we can get like a fentanyl uh, testing sponsor. Maybe so that yeah. we can get like a discount discount code yeah let's ask i'd love to be able to give it away to people too yeah because if it's in weed now that's like when i first heard about it i was like that's stupid and i don't even believe this and this is media's way of trying to like get people to buy weed in dispensaries to pay taxes and whatever like i I am i am pro do what you gotta do when you gotta do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And th- and that's all I'll say. We just heard that but there's like a fentanyl two coming out. Which yeah, is no, even worse e- than fentanyl. Even some of like fentanyl one, for example, like you buy a test strips and it doesn't even catch fentanyl two. So that's like that it's just it's fucking scary. Like do what you gotta do, but be fucking smart or mm-hmm. be prepared to die. Like yeah. maybe don't do drugs alone. Like if you're gonna smoke, try to do it with a friend. So if one thing happens to one or both of you or have a fucking sober friend, at least like one because fentanyl makes you throw up. Like if you're overdosing, you're throwing up and choking on your vomit ninety percent of the time, I think. That could yeah. be a main statistic. You can be saved if you catch it on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad, oh. uh, he overdosed. I don't know if it was fentanyl or if it was just heroin. Mm-hmm. But um, when he overdosed, like there's oh wait, like there's Narcan, like there's things that can save you. You can call the, um, I don't know, you can call nine one one and you can get like an ambulance and yeah. get somebody. If you get stuff in enough time, you can save somebody. And I remember <sighs> yeah. the people who were in the room with him. I think they were also 
doing drugs. They didn't know. And so they didn't want to get caught. And they kind of waited until the next morning. And the moment he overdosed in front of them, they just went upstairs and like smoked and talked about him. And That's no one so called 911. And I'm like, my, he could have been saved. You could have dropped him off on a fucking sideway corner and called 911 on him. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have to leave him in your house. That's fucked up. Also, you could have rolled him over because if someone is overdosing, it's usually the vomit. If you just lay them on their stomach, they can at least... Get it out, or that's or like on their side. Like I think it's on their side. side. Sorry, yeah. yeah, so that they don't su- suffocate. suffocate yeah, exactly. Um, um, guys, I'm so sorry to cut this off. This is a great conversation, but we do have to leave soon. Okay. Oh, I think for we dinner, might have to head out. Yes. Oh, we have to head out. But right this has now. been a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank Where you. can everyone find you? Okay, I feel like we ended on a little bit of a heavy note, so <laughs> I'm just going to talk about. The one time I blew up really quick because the Wolf of Wall Street okay. stitched one of my TikToks. Yes. Oh shit! Yes. Where I, I said, that. "Let me repeat it because I can do it in the same voice every time." Okay. Did you even have fun in college if you didn't get chlamydia once? There you go. That's the exact voice. Um, and then the Wolf of Wall Street stitched me, being like, "Thank you to my daughter, uh, what is her name, Carter or something, for not being this kid." And I'm like, "Oh god, the Wolf of the Wolf of Wall Street stitched me." Because who does I get- remember That's that? So it was funny. iconic. So many- like, I'm glad my daughter's not a whore like this. Yeah. Damn. And I was like, I was a Go whore. Delia. I was a whore like Jordan Belfort, and that's what fucking matters. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You're really- the Wolf of. Dick Street. Yeah. <laughs> you, if you didn't get chlamydia in college, though, like, did you even fuck? No, I didn't fuck. fuck in college. That's why I didn't get exactly. chlamydia. Thank you. If you haven't got chlamydia once, you're probably bad in bed. Or you're <laughs> lying about it. Or you're lying. Yeah, oh. or you're fucking lying. But anyway, so or just, you're a virgin. It, I'm I, a virgin. God damn it. God damn you it. You never got chlamydia? No, but that's no. because I've only dated two people. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you've, you haven't yeah. fucked a lot of people. Yeah. I've had a hoe phase. Yeah. And I've got, but also I didn't even get chlamydia in my whole phase. I was always smart. I got chlamydia from boyfriends. From get tested on before and after you get you get in a relationship. Then you can ladies. tell if he's fucking cheating. Exactly, yeah. that's the one way. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, Anyways, where can everyone can, find you? You can find me at its steals d e e l z dot com. That will have all of my socials. Subscribe yeah. to my OnlyFans. Da- it's daddy deals. Da- it's no, it's just, it's just daddy deals. Onlyfans.com slash daddy deals. The website is all on it's deals.com. And what do you talk about on that's offensive? Just um, so we that's can get a offensive is a bunch of horseshit. Like to be honest, like one of my main goals, you need with- Che on then. One of my favorite things about like that's offensive and like, well, just my, my favorite thing about making an OnlyFans is trying to destigmatize like girls feeling the need to be a whore. It's like I felt shame around that all my life. I don't want women to feel shame on that. But I also talk about trauma sometimes and deeper shit. And like it, it's like there's a wide range. But it's like if I'm interviewing a porn star, I want to hear about how many dicks they've had up, up their asshole. Which I've had quite a few. I love that. I love that. Do yeah, people keep track? Sometimes yes. That's amazing. They have a notepad. Like impressive. if they've been double double assholes, like they can keep track. Double asshole. Like, two two dicks one and asshole. one asshole. Oh wow! So I've had I've had interviews like that. We're so. gonna wow. need to have a part two. That's yes. impressive. Yeah, All right. we definitely if you will. guys have any questions for Adelia, the next time we are in LA or the next time she's in Miami, mm. let us know. DM us or uh, you can email us at two number two girls number one B L U U N T at gmail.com. It has two U's in the blunt.
All right. That's a confusing, but it makes sense. Cause somebody stole our fucking email. Those fucking bitches. <laughs> and that's all we could think of at the time. Cause we were high when we made it and we're high now. So thank you for joining us on this lovely Tuesday or whenever you're watching. We appreciate you guys for listening. Make sure to leave us a five star written review on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Leave that's offensive one too. If you love us and leave her a comment on her latest YouTube video. Hell yeah. Oh, hell we yeah. love you. You can find us at Two Girls, One Blunt Pod on all platforms. I'm at the Jamie Lee Show. I'm at Loud Emily. And we'll see you next Tuesday, you filthy fucking stoners. Hell yeah. <laughs>